Hi, I'm Robert Hilburn, and you're listening to Rock and Roll Archaeology. Have a great day. speak in every sense of the word. He rarely stepped up to the mic during the course of his 60-plus year career, but whenever he set his fingers to the fretboard, he told you a story, sometimes joyous and life-affirming, sometimes sad and melancholy. Every note held import, serving a distinct narrative that had a beginning, a middle, and an end. That's blogger Dennis Hartley posting at Hullabaloo. For our part in Rock and Roll Archaeology Chapter 20, we opened with Jeff Beck. And we introduced him as... A stunningly original guitar player. He's the guitarist guitarist. Hugely influential. An electric virtuoso with a a brash, experimental spirit. We also credited Jeff as a pioneer. Maybe even the pioneer of heavy metal guitar for his crunchy red-hot playing on Beck's Bolero from 1966. Certainly, he was there when it began... began for us was hearing Jeff's 1976 release, Wired, back when it first came out. All instrumental, no vocals, but it sang. Who is this guy? From there, we went backwards, one album at a time. First to 1975's Blow by Blow, which is still our all-time favorite offering from Jeff Beck. So much fun, so much feeling and soul in that record. couple... Good stories around the making of that one, too. We'll talk about that in a bit. For now, let's continue on our backwards Jeff Beck journey. Blow by Blow took us back to 1972's eponymous release, Beck, Bogert, and a Piece. We featured one of their jams back in Chapter 20. That album has some of the smokinest blues rock ever recorded. Seemed like a good choice to open up an episode about the 70s entitled Guitar Mageddon. Then back some more uh, to Truth, uh, released in 1968 by the Jeff Beck Group, featuring Jeff, Ronnie Wood on bass, Ansley Dunbar on drums, and uh, some unknown Scotsman on lead vocals, uh, name of Rod Stewart. Then it's all the way back 
to some of Jeff's earliest recorded work with the legendary Yardbirds, Shape of Things, and A Train Kept a Rolling. forward to the recent past to Jeff Beck's final studio effort, a terrific and sadly kind of overlooked 2016 album called Loud Hailer. It's a collaboration between Jeff and one of our current favorites, Bones UK. We profiled Bones UK a couple of years back on an episode of our Deeper Digs podcast. We'll drop a link in the show notes. It's a good interview with some fierce rock and roll women. If we do one thing today with this podcast, we'd like it to be getting you to queue up Loud Hailer by Jeff Beck on your favorite streaming service. Go turn it up. That album absolutely rips. And for us, it makes the sad news a little easier to take, knowing that Jeff Beck's final studio release was something great, something worthy of him and his artistry. Here's a little taste of it, uh, and then we'll do some housekeeping and see you on the other side. and commentary. It will discuss adult themes and may use coarse language. Pantheon Podcasts presents Rock and Roll Archaeology with host Christian Swain. Music, culture, technology, and rock and roll. with the show. All right, not that long ago, back around the holidays, Richard and I were talking. Well, yeah, we like to do lists. Well, <laughs> he likes to do lists and I play along. So I asked him, name some guitarists who are just immediately recognized. Well, you know, one phrase, one riff, hell, one note, and you just go, yep, that's them. I'll start. Uh, and I said, uh, Carlos Santana. Richard said, Eddie Van Halen, um, Mark Knopfler. Going back away is Sister Rosetta Tharp and Django Reinhardt. Oh, yeah, those are good ones, I replied. And came back with, obviously, Jimi Hendrix and uh, one of my favorites, Brian May of Queen. Brief pause. <laughs> then at the same time, we both called out, Jeff Beck. Of course. Duh. He's right at the top of that list. Jeff was one out of one. Not just a distinctive guitarist, he was unique. 
Anyhow, like all of you, we just got the awful news that the great Jeff Beck passed away at a hospital near his home in River Hall, Sussex, United Kingdom, on January 10th, 2023. Jeff was 78. He had no children. He leaves behind his wife, Sandra Cash, whom he married in 2005. We dove into Jeff's catalog and discussed his early days as a professional musician not that long ago in Chapter 20 of the Rocker Archaeology podcast. Now, it, it was kind of a quick hitter, though, and so we're going to use this sad occasion to devote a short to Jeff Beck, get into his life and career a little more. But before we begin, let us thank all of you first who sent Oh, all the recent notes uh, to us. Uh, really great stuff, diggers. You, you guys know who you are. We're always shocked and humbled by all the praise, and it warms the heart and spurs us to action. Please, please keep them coming. It is fuel for the soul. Of course, check out all the fine goodies on the Pantheon Podcast Network. Always more music pods to listen to and enjoy. Um, one of our shows, Basic, on uh, the history of basic cable television. Okay, a little different. Uh, just won two Signal Awards. And our show, Rock's Back Pages, was just mentioned in Variety Magazine as one of the top 10 music podcasts of 2022. Hey, congrats to Barney Hoskins and company. Finally... We sadly want to report that uh, a dear friend to the RNRA, Chip Isaac from San Francisco, in the hate, as a matter of fact, passed away a few months ago from multiple myeloma. Now, we worked with Chip when we focused on the Summer of Love and Bay Area sounds of the 60s uh, episode for the big show, um, East of Eden. Uh, Chip ran tours of the Haight-Ashbury area. It's, uh, you know, about its heyday, and, and he, boy, he, this guy really knew his stuff. We relied on some of his info for our research on that one. Via con Dios, mi amigo. May the four winds blow you home. This one is for you, especially now that you get to see back at the great gig in the sky now. Okay, now that we have praised Chip Isaac, let's get into a little praise of Jeff Beck, shall we? Here is... Our RNRA short, our tribute to Jeff Beck, Diamond Dust. Jeffrey Arnold Beck was born on June 24, 1944, in Wallington, Surrey, England. He began playing guitar at the age of 12, right around the time Rock Around the Clock hit the airwaves in America and the UK. His mom was an accomplished pianist who exposed young Jeff to lots of different influences, classical, jazz, blues, show tunes. But like pretty much every other British teen in those years, it was early rock and roll from America that really captured young Jeff's interest. Decades later, in an interview with Far Out UK, he said Franny Beecher's guitar solo in Rock Around the Clock was still one of his all-time favorites. ¶¶ 
He went on to explain, this was pretty advanced playing for a 50s pop song, like a jazz solo but speeded up. And he was really taken in by that unusual chromatic run right at the end. Yeah, it's a corny song, he said, but that guitar part really does the business. When he was about 14, Jeff's sister, Annetta, heard tell of a kid his age who also lived in County Surrey, but one town over. He was a guitar fanatic, too, and he had a great record collection. And get this, a tape recorder. So one day, after school, Jeff and Annetta took a bus ride. Annetta Beck gave her little brother a push. Jeff squared his shoulders, walked up, knocked on the door, and introduced himself to Jimmy Page. <laughs> Jimmy invited them in, and Mrs. Page served everyone tea. It was the beginning of a lifelong friendship. My pappy said, son, you're going to drive me to drinking if you don't stop driving that hot rod Lincoln. <laughs> story of the hot rod race with the Fords and Lincolns was setting the pace. That story is true, I'm here to say. I was driving that Model A. It's got a Lincoln motor and it's really souped up. That Model A body makes it look like a pup. It's got eight cylinders and uses them all. It's got overdrive. One day, his grand treated young Jeff to a movie, a double feature matinee of films from America. One of those low-budget 50s teen flicks was on the bill. The title was Hot Rod Gang, and the soundtrack featured Gene Vincent. The poster in the lobby promised crazy kids living to a wild rock and roll beat. <laughs> uh, Gran was scandalized, wanted to leave, but young Jeff clung to his seat. We're staying, Gran. After that, American cars, especially hot rods, came in a close second to the guitar. All his life, Jeff was fascinated with hot rods and their connection to rock and roll music. Over the years, he was spotted many times at various car shows. Jeff restored vintage cars. He did most of the work himself, and over the years, he put together an enviable collection. His prize piece was a perfectly restored 1957 Chevrolet Bel Air. He also built several custom hot rods in his own garage. We want to take a look now at Jeff's output from the mid-70s, especially blow by blow. That's about where we are in the main podcast. And as we said, a couple of good stories here. And who doesn't love that? Blow by Blow and its follow-up, Wired, were produced by the great George Martin. Head on over to Chapter 9 of the main show, Meet the Beatles Part 2, for an in-depth profile of Sir George. These albums reignited Jeff's musical career, and it kind of started with, believe it or not, Stevie Wonder. That cut we just played is Looking for Another Pure Love from Stevie's 1972 release, Talking Book, <laughs> which, by the way, is one of the great albums of the 70s, and it's not even Stevie's best one from that period. And uh, we will be talking about Stevie and not the, the too distant future. Anyhow. That's Jeff Beck taking the solo, and you can hear Stevie chuckle at the beginning and then say, do it, Jeff, about halfway through. That recording session took place in May of 1972 in New York City at the studio Jimi Hendrix built, Electric Lady. 
The two had met backstage a few months earlier when the Jeff Beck group played a gig at Cabo Hall in Stevie's hometown of Detroit. When the session at Electric Lady wrapped, Stevie was suitably impressed, and he asked Jeff to come back in a few days with an eye towards writing a tune together. Now, there's different versions of this story, but we'll go with Jeff's from the fine 2019 documentary Still on the Run. In Jeff's telling, Stevie took a lunch break. In his absence, Jeff sat down at the drum kit and started playing a simple 4-4 beat. He wasn't much of a drummer, just having some fun. Stevie came in from lunch, told Jeff to keep playing, sat down and started playing the riff to Superstition on his Horner clavinet. Then he started asking Jeff about common superstitions he heard about growing up in England. Well, walking under ladders is considered bad luck. So's breaking a looking glass. Those are common superstitions passed on to kids in the UK. Then Jeff watched, spellbound, as Stevie sat down at the kit and played that same beat with some modest embellishments. Then he moved over to the keyboards and started laying down tracks. He would sing out instructions to the recording engineers as he went. I'll play bass on track two, or we'll add synthesizer to track three. The next day, it was done, save for some horn parts they overdubbed later. Stevie had done all the rest. Everyone knew it was a monster song, and the Motown execs quickly scotched any idea of giving Superstition over to Jeff back to record and release first. Instead, Superstition would become the second of ten number one hit singles Stevie Wonder has released. Eight of those came in the 1970s. Jeff was gutted by the decision, but he also understood. Remembering that day years later, Jeff's appraisal of Stevie's musical prowess was succinct and characteristically blunt. I just sat there staring at him. Music came out of his arse. <laughs> The 70s were frustrating for Jeff. He put out several solid albums that didn't really go anywhere commercially. He was then rather unceremoniously dumped by his record company. But here he got a vote of confidence from none other than the legendary Stevie Wonder. Not only that, but Stevie owed him a favor, a big one. So now we made it to Blow by Blow, recorded about 18 months later in 1974 and released in early 75. It's the first album credited to Jeff as a solo artist and his first fully instrumental record. It includes original compositions by keyboardist Max Middleton and collaborations between Beck and Middleton, as well as a cover of Lennon McCartney's She's a Woman and two contributions from Stevie Wonder. Stevie also sat in and played clavinet on one of them, that uh, cut we just played a moment ago, Thelonious. Favor returned. Blow by Blow was a turning point, a milestone in Jeff Beck's career. It's now considered a classic in the genre of instrumental rock music. The guitar virtuosity, the strong musicianship from the supporting cast, and the high-quality material, production, and arrangements 
all make it a standout recording. Blow by Blow eventually went platinum, and it's still Jeff's best-selling record. What we like best about Blow by Blow is the unmistakably lighthearted, fun spirit that suffuses much of the record. Thelonious playfully seems to quote superstition at the beginning. Songs like Freeway Jam and Air Blower move out and keep moving. Jeff's playing somehow manages to be fiery and relaxed at the same time. He patiently waits for his spot, tears it up for a few bars, then falls back and lets the other musicians take over. That sense of collaborative fun juxtaposes with what comes next. Side One closes with an exquisite, soulful, and sad rendition of Stevie Wonder's Because We've Ended as Lovers. In it, Jeff Beck's guitar speaks and sings of heartbreak. A eulogy, requiem for a guitarist. When you listen to that track, try not to cry just from the sheer sad beauty of it. Sometimes you'll hear guitar players talk about feel and technique. Well, here's what it sounds like when you have feel and technique, like the one and only Jeff Beck did. Rest easy, Jeff. We'll miss you. I'm Christian Swain, and this has been an R&RA short from Rock and Roll Archaeology on the Pantheon Podcast Network. Thanks for spending some time with us. Hope to see you soon. Keep up the rocking. Archaeology is written by Richard Evans and Christian Swain. Produced and hosted by Christian Swain. All sound design and incidental music by Jerry Danielson at Busy Signal Studios. Find all of our shows, notes, and links at PantheonPodcast.com. All songs can be found for purchase or streaming wherever you get your great music. Please pick up these amazing tracks. Contact us on social. At Pantheon Podcasts on Facebook and Instagram. Tweet us at Pantheon Pods. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. 
Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.